boys, I'm not there this week. I'll be back next week. But you know I got a question to ask you. If you had all the money in the world, would you spend 28 million of it going to space? Because I would. And some dude just did it, and I don't get it. Excited to hear what you have to say. Peace, boys. See you next week. Dan? Hey, Chris. How about that? Our special brunch correspondent, Daniel Dudley, bringing us in there this morning. <laughs> Reporting live from the scene, uh, Daniel Dudley. Uh, $28 million. Would you use it to go to space? So this is a fascinating story. I don't know what he's referencing, by the yeah, way. So if um, you do, please fill me in. A little bit of insight. An auction winner paid... $28 million for an 11 minute ride into space. You're not going to space. You're just taking a little trip out there. Okay. It's 11 minute ride into space alongside the one, the only Jeff Bezos of Amazon soon to be almost formerly of Amazon stepping down in a role there, at least um, on his reusable rocket uh, launched from his space company called blue origin. Uh, it's just just <laughs> fascinating. So you're sitting alive, alongside Jeff Bezos. You got a hell of a contact in your phone for the rest of your life. But it's an 11-minute space ride for $28 million. So Didi's question there, if you had all the money in the world, like a Jeff Bezos, would you spend $28 million of it for an 11-minute ride into space? I, first off, have so many questions about what you just said. Um, <laughs> and And thoughts. The fact that it's a reusable rocket makes me hella uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, no, no, I want a, I don't want a used rocket to go right. into space. I want something brand new that is fully functional. Um, an 11 minute ride. Does that mean like once you get into space, you're up there for 11 minutes or, and then you come back? Like, I think it's the total, the total ride. You can get to space minutes. in 11 minutes. Because you're not, yeah, they're not going up that far. They're going, you know, just outside of the Earth's atmosphere where there's this like middle zone when you're just outside and you're almost quite into space where you have to like keep pushing yourself, but they're staying alongside where they're going to be right snug alongside the atmosphere where they're going to be close enough to Earth, take a little spin out there and then head back. Because you can get up there pretty quickly, right? You probably get up there in three minutes. I didn't know that. Or maybe I it's it... eleven minutes. Just to, I mean, even if it, it's even if it's not only if if it's eleven minutes in space, the total ride is less than twenty minutes still. So like that even blows my mind. I thought it took way longer to get to space. I mean, no. it, it, admittedly, I don't have a lot of background information on this topic. Um, <laughs> so twenty eight million dollars for tops, twenty eight minutes. Yeah, at the, at most, yeah. <laughs> well over a million dollars a minute that that hourly rate i'm not a fan of i i am not <laughs> a fan of no i would so i guess to, to finally round back and answer the damn question uh, no obviously no i would not do that um space doesn't interest me i know it interests a lot of people and i think that's cool i don't have anything against space it's out there i know it you know and that's fine um but like there's so much stuff on earth that i want to see that like I got to cover that territory first. So 
No, none of that interests me. $28 million could be used to see and like physically do so many things on earth that I would much rather use it in, in different ways. How about you? Yeah, that's fair. Now I am somebody that loves space. I think we've talked about it a little bit before on this podcast, fascinated by everything that it has to do with space. I was watching the Mars Rover land and follow it on Twitter. It's a great Twitter follow. If you don't, by the way, (laughs) the Mars Rover, but this is a lot of money. And even if I had all the money in the world per DD's question for 11 minutes, no, no way, no way. Especially when who's the guy that runs uh virgin that Richard, uh, Richard Branson. Yeah. 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 Like he's building a similar type of passenger rocket and they're estimating that tickets for that's going to be about a quarter million dollars. Way less. <laughs> You're just not sitting next to Jeff Bezos and not on his Amazon rocket, apparently. So, yeah, no, no, not for 11 minutes. You, I, I did read that there's going to be about three minutes where they can unbuckle their seatbelt and be weightless in the air. And you can also do that kind of on a, those planes that take off and they kind of go like this. They give you that sense of low gravity to give you the test before you go into space. You do that. Yeah, but three minutes of that, $28 million. Now, there were 7,600 people that auctioned off on, on this item. It, it went in phases. The first phase of this auction, it was blind, and you couldn't see what anybody else was bidding, and it didn't even get over $2 million. <laughs> so then they like ramped it up, and they let you see what other people were bidding, and then it just got higher and higher and higher. So people from 159 country, countries uh, bid on this. Uh, the rocket's called the New Shepard named after Alan Shepard, the first American in space. It's the first Blue Origin rocket with passengers. So that's another thing that makes it a little sketchy that they haven't sent really passengers up there before. You're the first group. No, thank um, you. And it's, yeah, no, and it's launching you. July 20th in uh, West Texas. So, oh, oh, one other disclaimer. The uh, winner also must pay a 6% buyer's commission. So it's bringing the cost to about $30 million. So just round it out to about 30 million for all of that. So as much as I love space and a long way to answer that question, heck no, not for that short length of time. And maybe Jeff Bezos is just really an annoying guy to be around. It's him, him and his brother are on the, on the rocket. No, thanks. I'll listen to the next one. I even, I know who he is. I know so little about him that I can't eat. I can't wrap my head around even that being attractive enough to spend that kind of money. I, I suppose though, you know, like this question shouldn't be if you had $28 million, it should be if you, if money in no way, shape or form is an object to you, because like the person, I don't know who did the person that, put 20 or $30 million down to do this has billions of dollars. Right. So for that person meeting Jeff Bezos probably doesn't mean all that much anyways. Cause you might yeah. think, Oh, this is a great connection. Guy got a lot of money. Maybe I can get him to support some charities, things like that. You clearly don't care about money and have plenty of it. So that's, right. that doesn't matter to you. If you're putting down $30 million for this flight. Yeah. That's yeah. For sure. Like, you didn't put down your life savings to do it. You have <laughs> no right. <laughs> you, you have an emergency fund somewhere. That's yeah, pretty you're going to be fine after this. <laughs> <sighs> well, 
I suppose with that, welcome to the brunch breakdown. I don't know how we do this. <laughs> you know, Dee Dee let us in, but now he's not here to host the rest of the show. So you and I are going to have to figure out how to do that. Yeah, we'll piece that together. We've had some experience, you and I, before of, of, of doing a handful of podcasts together. So I think we'll... We'll get through with the table for two today. We've done this before. Yeah, we've done it a time or two. Um, but I suppose <laughs> I suppose we could start off with you telling people uh, where they can find us. I mean, you're already off to a shining start. Hey, he's, <laughs> he doesn't bat 100 on that. No offense, did you? <laughs> or about 1,000, whatever it is. But uh, thank you. Yes, anyways, uh, welcome. Welcome back to the Brunch Breakdown. We didn't realize how many people we personally offended last right? week. Yeah. We took a week off. We threw off their commutes, their grass cutting schedule, their workout schedule. So <laughs> our sincerest apologies for that. But we're back. We're better than ever. The brunch breakdown, even if it's just a table for two today. And of course, if you're new to the program or just catching up on a couple episodes, you can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That includes the big guys, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, those episodes coming to you every Thursday. Make sure you hit subscribe. No matter where you are there, hit subscribe. Those episodes will come to you first thing in the morning, so they're ready to go. No need to wait for links or tweets or posts or anything like that. They're ready for you. In addition to that, our full video episodes are available on our YouTube and Facebook pages. Those premiere at 9 a.m. West Coast time, noon Eastern, that's the premiere time. They're available on demand any other time you want on both of those pages as well. So check us out there. And of course, we are everywhere on social media at Brunch Breakdown. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Triller, TikTok, everywhere, anywhere. Join us. Join us. Uh, okay. So what we're talking about today on the show, um, we're, we're, Kind of all over the place today, which is <laughs> a little bit. It's the best kind of brunch. It's a it's a sampler or it's yeah. a yeah, it's a but it's a breakfast buffet. Um Ooh. it's a brunch buffet. So we're gonna talk about Mike Posner um and just what he's been up to <laughs> in the concept of climbing Mount Everest. It's gonna make more sense when we dive into it. So stick around for that. Um we have a fast food pick two, um, and maybe a fast food eliminate one. Um, we're going to talk about the college football playoff because, uh, Dan and I have talked a little college football, uh, back, uh, back in the day. And that just feels right. Um, <laughs> we may have, we may have a new edition of brunch court. We're going to talk about music and all that good stuff. Uh, but first, as we always do, it's bruise day and it's been two weeks since we've had a bruise day. So I'm very excited about that. And, uh, Dan, why don't you go first today? Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Yeah, I yeah. never get to go first. That's a, it's an honor. But you're right. It is kind of a special edition of Bruce Day now that we're, we're, we're back after two weeks off. And I wanted to get a special beer for this. We've got some things planned for some great summer episodes. This is certainly not a summer beer, but I'm taking it anyways. This special welcome back. Welcome back, Kata, Mr. Kata edition of the Brunch Breakdown. Uh, this one from a brewery in... Harmony Zelianople region of Western Pennsylvania featured them before called shoe brew. And they have a smooshy series that is out of this world. Smooshy smooshy series (laughs) out of this world. There's the can right there. You see it smooshy. Um, It's fantastic. And this one, as you can tell by the color of the can is yellow. So this is banana cream pie. (laughs) <laughs> Sour smooshy from Shubra. Wait, wait, banana cream 
pie sour? Yes. Fascinating. Right. Right. Doesn't seem to hold, make a whole lot of sense. That's no, one of the fruit sets. There's where's the tartness and the sour from the, the banana. It's in here. This is literally one of the best beers I have ever had in my entire life. It is super thick. It's very creamy. There is a ton of banana. It is tough to get banana in a beer. It's sometimes it's mostly done in stouts, not in sours reasonably. So mostly done in stouts it can be hard to do because it can be overpowered by those other traditional style flavors so put it in a sour add a bunch of vanilla um add a bunch of milk sugar or lactose however you like to call it and load it up and that's what make this makes this thing so thick and dangerous to open it's because when you overload it with fruit it can literally explode on you so you gotta drink these quick don't let these sit around in the fridge too long, but, uh, they are well worth it from shoe brew. It's a 6%. There is a little bit of a tartness to it. And I, I just can't explain how it works. It's, I wouldn't call it sour. It's designated as a sour as the type of beer. It's more tart than anything, but it's mild tart. And it just, it just naturally fits in there. It tastes exactly like liquid banana cream pie. It's incredible. Shouts to shoe brew, the smooshy series. This whole series is incredible. Highly recommend it. Delicious. I, so I feel like I'd want one sip of that just to be able to say that I tried it because banana cream sour doesn't, I can't, that's something I don't think you can wrap your mind around to, until you taste it. Um, exactly. I don't do well with banana flavored things. Like I actually, aside from actual bananas, I don't do well, uh, with banana flavored stuff. So, okay. you know, like, I don't I, I feel like a lot of like the different you can get like um uh, I guess like sets of popsicles where like they you know there'd be some banana ones in there. Those yeah. were always gross. If there was like fruit flavored candy and some of them were banana, ugh, like I couldn't couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But I'd I would want to try that. Cause I'm having trouble processing it <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Well, uh, if, uh, when I finally get to see you here shortly, hopefully maybe we can uh, pull one of these out and give you a little sample of it. Cause we it could is have it's a, wild. It's, could it's have a wild. smooshy it's together. A little smooshy <laughs> together. It is. It's wild. It's very unique. It's hard to describe because it was, it was a difficult decision to make. It's like sour, but I trust, I trust this brewery. They know what they're doing. I had a similar one that was carrot cake and it was fantastic. Just as good. Somehow works. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let the, let the smooshy takeover begin. That's right. Um, what do you got here today? I have, um, my beers from Wisconsin today. Uh, if anybody has been following along, that shouldn't be shocking. The Wisco series. Yeah. The Wisco series. I am, uh, sampling something from a brewery that I've, I've tried already, uh, raised grain brewing company out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, this is the everyday warrior IPA. Um, and I had a sip of it before we started here because I also did some research uh, because I'm trying to figure out the different types of hops. And I often ask you, okay, it says that has this, this, and this, like, what does that mean? So this has Citra and Amarillo hops in it. And from what I read, Citra is obviously there's citrus notes that come with that, but it can also lend itself to a, a more bitter taste sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and Amarillo hops are 
again, kind of citrusy, more of like the lemon, orange, grapefruit type of uh, flavors that you would get. And this is very, I want to say it's very citrusy. You can very much get, like I'm getting more of the Amarillo of like the orange grapefruit type of deal, but it's also not bitter. So when I feel like some, a lot of times with IPAs, when you say it's super citrusy, then in your head, you think like, okay, but it's got some of like, it's got a little bit of bite to it, but yeah. this is actually quite smooth and it's an easy drinker and they, they advertise it as such. Um, and it's very, very good. I love this brewery, man. Like picked up a sampler from raised grain, just, just on a whim. And, uh, so happy I did because this is the second beer I've tried of theirs and it's very, very good. I would highly recommend this. This goes along with the naked threesome that I had a few episodes ago. Ah, uh, yes. Can't forget that one. <laughs> so of course, a wonderful description and, and layout there by you. That's, Thanks. that's really laying it out there. That was, that was, that was nicely done and nicely said. Very interesting. Sounds like a, a, a winner there. Yeah. I'm trying to learn more about just, uh, Cause there's so much that goes into beers now, you know, Yeah. that like understanding what causes what you're tasting is interesting, uh, but it's a little intimidating at the same time. So I'm trying to learn yeah. here piece by piece. For sure. For sure. <laughs> that's what Bruce is for. Then that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get it off our chest, Dan. Um, since you went first with the beers, I'll go first uh, in this segment and this is not something I'm mad about. This is more an observation I've made of myself. Um, I have become the suburban dad that is concerned with the mower marks in my yard. Oh boy. I've become that guy. I don't know if it's because quarantine gave me extra time to focus on little details like this, but like I caught myself the other day realizing that like, depending on the order, like when I'm mowing the lawn and what I did last time, I'm going in different directions to, to even out, you know, the, the mow across the, the weeks and the months. And since I'm doing that to help the, the health of the lawn, now I'm like, well, if I'm going to go to that level of detail, I might as well make it look cool too. And I, I drove down the hill to my house the other day and got like an embarrassing feeling of pride when I saw everything going in like the perfect grid that I wanted it to go in. And when I realized how proud of that I was, I also realized like I've become one of those, I'm becoming one of those dads. <laughs> and so I suppose it's important to catch it ahead of time to not get, you know, you don't want to go too far off the reservation. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but it's just, it's something I've observed. So if any of our listeners, if, if you're there or if you've been there, um, we'd love to hear from you because it's not a bad thing, but it's a, it's an unexpected thing. Yeah, maybe a little earlier than you thought. and But like you said, glad you caught it now before it gets out of control. I suppose. Um, are you into the diagonals at all? What is Where does that tickle your fancy in terms of the diagonal cut for a, for a lawn? Because that's that sometimes can be exquisite. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, the, the neighbors across the street looking out the window right now, they did a diagonal cut on their lawn uh, yesterday. And it looks great. I haven't gone diagonal yet. I'm doing up, down and left, right. 
Um, and I realized that like sometimes, so the, the driveway breaks up our front yard into two pieces. And I realized at one point I was going up, down on the one side and then side to side on the other Ooh. in the same mow. And I'm like, Whoa, Ooh. this can't, this just doesn't amateur things are going on in my head. I need a social <laughs> life again, Dan. I think it's what this comes down to is I need a social <laughs> life again. Um, but yeah, I haven't gone diagonal yet, but looking out the window right now, uh, it, it, it seems attractive to me. It seems like a challenge that I'm ready for. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And with sometimes with the, the, the trees and the beds and the flowers that have this, you know, the waves in them, it's an extra challenge and it's yeah. a little bit extra prep work to get to the diagonal, but it's a, it's, it's a beautiful sight to see sometimes. So glad you're catching it before it gets out of control, <laughs> you know, keep it at a moderate alert level. <laughs> keep it down. Keep it down. You're there. You're right. <laughs> Thank you for your support. Well, good. Yeah. Good self-recognition. Um, speaking <laughs> of social life though, you want one, let's have one. Um, something that I've realized now that fully vaccinated, a lot of country, a lot of Western Pennsylvania is doing very well in that category. There's stuff happening again, right? These smaller events where there's still rules in place and limits and things like that, that we appreciate, but you're in front of and around people again. And you get to see their their mouths mm. for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, mm. right? It's it's weird to feel like we, we shouldn't be here. What are we doing? <laughs> um, but something that I realized looking back 13 months ago, 14 months ago, we all thought no matter how we long we expected the pandemic to really last, we thought once we got into the middle of it, we're like, this is just going to bring us all closer together. That's what it's going to do. We were having Zoom calls with people that we really didn't communicate that often with anyways. Why are we scheduling all these these Zoom calls, these phone calls, these socially distant gatherings down opposite ends of the driveway, things like that? We really thought that this was going to bring people closer together because we were going to be separated. It was going to be some loneliness and some emotions that we really needed each other. Well, here's the problem. Now that we can actually be around each other, we're all scared the shit of each other and still don't trust anybody. (laughs) And it's way worse than it ever was before. We're afraid to be around people and groups. And there's just this cloud of fear, which is natural, I think, right? That's expected. You should have it. I'm not suggesting fear, (laughs) the cloud of fear. (laughs) I'm not expected to, you know, go outside with a cloud of fear without an umbrella. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it's like, we're still at that point where somebody you're around somebody and you hear somebody cough and you turn and look at them and you've got to stay away from that person. The cough and the sneeze is bad. That's still bad. It's, yeah. it's still just as bad. That's not, that's not going away. Um, people are just constantly on their phone. Still. We were in an era where I can't imagine what sc- screen time was for for individuals on their phones over the past 14 months just had to be record highs. Mm-hmm. The phone companies, I'm sure, loved it. But it's like time to put the phone down. Get outside. If you're vaccinated, if you can be safe, be around these people. Give somebody a, a hug that you know, not necessarily a stranger, but it just made me think we kind of didn't do the whole let's bring us closer together thing that lasted for a little while. We yeah. have a chance to like fix that and actually do that now in the proper setting with the proper protocols being safe like i said i'm not i'm not suggesting dropping the fear and forgetting that this pandemic was even around cuz it's still here but let's take the opportunity to reconnect 
get close again, be social, um, be smart, but don't think that everybody is the Grim Reaper rock walking around and you're just in your own head, in your own zone, because it's a weird time right now. I know it's going to take a while for people to warm up, but hopefully we can reconnect at some point again. I like it. I, uh, I've still yet to have one of those social situations. Uh, the most social situation I've been in is going to the grocery store. And now here in Pennsylvania, you don't have to wear masks. Um, and that was weird seeing everybody's mouth again. Um, but it was kind of nice. It was kind of nice. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I was all for masks, all for people doing things to be safe and protect the people around them, but not having to do that. I'm a fan of it. I'm not ready to jump back down uh, onto Carson street and, right. uh, and get into that <laughs> mess on the South side of Pittsburgh. But like, yeah, I'm all about proper protocols, respecting the people around you, but getting back into some of those social situations, give your, give your friends a hug, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. If you look back in the past 12 months and, and, and think to yourself, if you really, took that opportunity to get closer with people. The answer is probably no. no. So here's, here's your makeup. Here's your makeup call on that right now. And yeah, be able to give those people hugs again. I screwed that one up, man. I, 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 I remember tweeting about that saying like, this is, you know, this is gonna like all these other disasters we've lived through. This is going to bring us closer together. Not even like not having the foresight at all to think about like, well, it's a pandemic. So we're going to have to stay away from each other and then we're going to get paranoid about each other. And then we're going to scream at other people when they get close to us. Like I didn't, wasn't smart enough to see any of that coming, but. Right. And neither was I, neither was I did. It was just kind of hit me the other day. Like, wow, we, we thought we were all going to get closer, but I don't think it happened because zoom became work and then it became family. Yeah. Like getting out of zoom, those long zoom calls with, family you're on them for like three hours you're like how do i get off of this thing yeah it's so much more difficult to say hey i gotta go like where <laughs> yeah we know <laughs> you're you the first one to leave there's no irish goodbye in a zoom call you're just <laughs> oh internet problems it's hard to escape that so it became more of like oh we gotta do this thing but forget it we'll make up for it in real life situations again yeah good stuff all right man what do you want to dive into first here on the menu Let's get into this Mike Posner story because this is let's go fascinating. <laughs> let's go. It's a, a really fascinating story that, yeah, well-known musical artist Mike Posner. Maybe haven't heard a whole lot from him musically over the past couple of years, right? Um, it's because he's been a little busy <laughs> doing non-music related things. Yeah. Uh, back in 2019, to start he decided that he wanted to walk across across the United States. Walk across the United States. For, a little Forrest Gump action. A little Forrest Gump style, yeah. And I just kept running. <laughs> and so he walked from New Jersey to California in six months. He did it. A pretty fantastic feat. But – he woke up one day after that and said, quote, I didn't want to be the fat old white guy who did one cool thing. <laughs> and that would be not. Yeah. Completely forget about your music career. You think we're going to remember you <laughs> were walking across the country, Mike. <laughs> so he decided he wanted to climb Mount Everest. 
Andy Log- freaking logical did. next step. <laughs> and he freaking did it. Um, he raised a bunch of money for the Detroit Justice Center, which was very cool, like $230,000. But I mean, this is this is out of nowhere and out of the blue, right? What are your what are your thoughts on Mike Posner deciding to risk his life and top himself because walking across the country wasn't good enough? So I'm going to time climb the tallest mountain in the world, which some people die on. Yeah, I so I heard about the walking thing like a ways back. I think I saw some video on like Facebook or something like that where he was. I think I caught my eye because he was like sitting by the side of the road playing his guitar. I'm like, what the hell is Mike Posner doing on the side <laughs> of the road? And then, you know, dove into the whole story. And fun fact, he he looked a lot like Forrest Gump by the end of that uh, <laughs> trek. Like, that's, that's no joke. True. That is no joke. He looked a He's lot like shaggy, Forrest Gump. Bearded up. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of barbers on that route. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I suppose it's cool. Not a lot of people could say they climb Mount Everest. Uh, I think he's thinking a little too hard about his legacy here, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think he's thinking a little bit too deeply about this. And, like, I say this all the time to even people I love. Like, no, no, the amount that you think about yourself nobody thinks about you that much. Even your clo- <laughs> even the people closest to you in your life do not think about you as much as you think they think about you. So like when he's like, I don't want to be the old fat white guy that only did one thing, buddy, no one, no one, in 40, 50 years, no one's going to be talking about it. No, no We're not going to be reflecting on your legacy, only you are. And I suppose if it's important to you to have climbed Mount Everest and add this to your legacy, then that's great. You survived, good for you. We're all still going to remember you as the guy that had a bunch of hit songs. Yeah. Like when he ultimately, and hopefully many, 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 many years from now passes away and they have the in memoriam at the Grammys, they're not going to have like Mike Posner, artist, producer, Everest climber. It's just not going to be in the line there. No. It's you just- know what they should do? <laughs> you know what they should do though? Cause in Forrest Gump, it's a montage of him running across the country with like different songs in the background. They should yeah. do a montage of his walk <laughs> to his own music is what they should do for him. And I just, that's it. Put, put it on the docket for, I don't know, 80 years from now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's an amazing, amazing idea. Um, but you're right. It's if you want, if you want to do this for himself personally, that's great. I mean, just continue to make hit songs and try to get back on the radio and stuff like that. That's, that's enough motivation for most people that aren't in his situation to begin with. And so that he had to just like top himself too, that he really thought that wasn't enough walking across the country. Right. Yeah. I need to climb Mount Everest and I don't have training in this. So <laughs> let's freaking do it. It's just, it's wild to me yeah. To, yeah. To, to think that that's what he had to do. Glad he accomplished it. I'm not sure how many of our listeners knew about it. That's why we're talking about it. Maybe he needs a little more publicity that this is something he recently did. Maybe this is what he wants, but congratulations, Mike. Get back in the studio because what do you do now? Right. What do you do now? You've accomplished this so early in your life. Yeah. And you've literally done one of the most, if not the most difficult physical feat that you could do on this planet. What do you do? Hey, maybe he's the million dollar uh, auctioneer to go into space with Jeff Bezos. Maybe. <laughs> well, at this maybe point, it's space. Is next, but what's next? Everest is the closest thing you can get to space on Earth. So, 
That's the, the logical next step. Here's the thing. Yeah. What you said is perfect. What do you do next? Because like you can tell that this guy has a lot of inner drive. Yeah. So there is no what's more difficult than the things that he's done. You know, like most artists are like, I want to get on stage and play for thousands and thousands of people. And then like they do that for a period of time. And then when that kind of fades away, then they really struggle with it because they're not on stage and getting, you know, that, that type of feedback regularly. I mean, he already had that. Mm-hmm. And then he walked across the country and then he climbed Mount Everest. I don't know what he's going to do next, but I don't think like, I don't, I don't think there's a next level here. No, like you can't, you, you maybe retire from that type of stuff and just get like back to music. You're not going to have to wake up one day. I mean, he could still wake up one day, a fat old white guy, but now he'll have two cool things that he did instead of one, <laughs> if that's going to make him feel better. But yeah. What do you circumnavigate the globe on a boat? <laughs> Do you walk across Antarctica? Do you just get back in the studio, man? Like, right. very happy for you. And that's, it is not many people. It's a very, very short list of people that have climbed and survived Mount Everest. But he's still a young guy. You know, what's, I worry that he's going to keep pushing himself and, and pushing it, pushing the envelope and he's going to do something stupid, like try to want to go into space. Yeah, I don't know. What would you, what would you have to be offered to climb Mount Everest? You get the training, you did all that stuff. It's a uh, gamble. No doubt. It's a gamble and it's a struggle. Is there, what's, what's, what's your prize <laughs> price for everything for everybody. What would you have yeah. to, now I feel stupid saying this cause you just did this for charity and I'm like, what do you want to get paid? Yeah. <laughs> but we're okay living our life without climbing Mount Everest. So if it was on the table, what would it have to be? I don't know, man. I, you know, and, and I'm a big, I'm, I'm very much into the physical challenges and like trying to push your body to the limit, but on double dare, you do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, there's a big difference between like trying to max out on like a squat and then trying to climb Mount Everest. There are risks I'm willing to take, but when when one of the, like when, when death became, becomes a very legitimate outcome, I don't know that there's a price and climbing Mount Everest death is a very legitimate <laughs> outcome. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's a price. I really don't think there's a price. How about if you successfully climbed Mount Everest, you could have Mike Posner's career from the start. You'd switch places with him, but you'd start like before he got into his prime before I love college before cooler than me. And you had that life you're on stage for the rest of your life. That would be cool, but we can't forget about the legitimate outcome of death. (laughs) (laughs) Like I like my, I love my life. Yeah. I'm cool. If I stay like this and don't climb Mount Everest, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't, I, would that convince you Would that, would that sway move the needle for you? It moved the needle. I don't know if it'd move it far enough. I'd really have to, I'd have to put on some serious weight to climb Mount Everest. Uh, there's not a whole lot of added insulation on the body here. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of coats that I would need 
would be pretty <laughs> substantial. I mean, North Face, let's have a phone conversation. Yeah, and give that sponsorship deal, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have to lock that all down into place and just, I don't know how I'd put on so the fat. Your, with- <laughs> your primary concern is, is how many coats you'd have to wear. <laughs> What's the coat limit? <laughs> Who can carry my coats? Because I'm going to need them all the time because I don't want to get like fat and do it because a, you can't do it when you're out of shape and B when I get down the mountain and I'm going to be my poser. I don't want to be fat on stage. If that's going to be all of a sudden switched into that life real quick, a lot of different variations going on around here. So it'd be, it'd be all about the coats guys who shut on the coats. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) this is, this is an amazing conversation. Um, Um, I have one more question for you regarding Mount Everest. mm -hmm. If you, if you did decide to climb Mount Everest. Who is the one person you would want climbing with you? Uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. <laughs> it's a no brainer. Yeah, of course. He's the top, he's the top of every list. Cause if I know he's coming with me, then like, I'm pretty confident the legitimate outcome of death decreases significantly. There you go. <laughs> so I, I suppose that's like the caveat for me. If I'm yeah. going with, if I'm going with the rock. All right, let's go. Let's go. He's, number one on my list as well. It's it's not even close because you need somebody that will motivate you, but also won't like be super annoying and get on your nerves. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You can't have a complainer. You can't have a potential complainer on that trip. No, no doubt about it. Uh, some runners up that I wanted to mention as well. It's clearly the rock, but I I, I put Kevin Hart on my list. For a number of reasons. If you've seen anything, he's got a documentary on Netflix. It's a couple years old now. Yeah. It's really behind the scenes of his life. The guy just doesn't stop working. Yeah. Some of the stuff and decisions he's made in his personal life are a whole other question. But the guy doesn't stop working. He's one of the hardest working people on the planet. And... He, he he like achieves everything he wants to do. And I think he would be a super big motivational factor in that he'd be super motivating and he'd be hilarious. I don't think he'd get on your, I don't think he'd get on your nerves. I think there'd be a good balance of humor there. Another person I thought of a recent topic on the brunch breakdown, the one and only Mr. Tim Tebow. Now <laughs> for the same reason, now Tim Tebow's in great shape. Very motivational. You'd have God right? on your side if Tebow was exactly the chance of death decreases with Tim Tebow there, like <laughs> it does for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No doubt, no question. Yeah. yeah, it does. So it's a good safety blanket. He's good motivational. I don't think he'd be that annoying. I think he's a good guy, Tim Tebow. The last one I had was Travis Barker. Now hear me out. What? <laughs> the reason I choose Travis Barker is. The man has survived a plane crash. I don't think he's scared of very much anymore. And I think he'd be able to, similar body structure. So we're getting the same coat deal. And we're probably <laughs> keeping each other a little snuggle warm because we're both like, I know, I, 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 it's cold. <laughs> we're both feeling the same body temperature. I think we're on the same level there. So that's another thing. Now, the new Travis Barker, the Kardashian Travis Barker, I don't know if I want that because we'd have Kardashian security with us and we'd have to be TikTok and the whole thing and there'd be a press conference afterwards. And I, I don't want that. I just want to talk music with him 
the stories that he has are going to be incredible sitting around a little fire talking with Travis Barker, getting on our coats and blankets, I think would be a good time. So that's my very interesting others list. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of understand Kevin Hart. I'm not wrapping my mind around the Travis Parker one at all. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about I was that like, one. I need somebody else. Who else would it be? There we go. Travis Parker. Why not? I don't know about that one. The other ones that I went to were like the any guys that have hosted shows on like Animal Planet or Discovery Channel where they get oh. thrown into horrible situations like that bear gorilla sky and whatever like yeah yeah you know they they've been in survival mode before and they would probably have some useful tips and tricks i just thought of this one right now robert irvine host of restaurant impossible food network star <laughs> the guy was a former it was he was in the navy or marines i can't remember which one in the army he was in the armed forces okay He's in incredible shape for a guy that's, I think, in his 50s, is in unbelievable shape, takes care of his body. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you're on the food. Like, it feels like he should be on another network, not the food network. Extremely motivational. If you've ever seen any of the shows that he's on, very, very motivational. And he's a freaking chef. So he could probably make this, like, unbelievable, like, banana cream pie souffle out of, like, snowflakes and pine cones that you find along the trail. That's the one to go to. Robert Irvine right behind the rock. I love it. Sorry, <laughs> Travis Parker. You're off the list. Oh, man, he got bumped for a chef. We'll <laughs> uh, just take them all together. But fascinating, Mike Posner. Congrats to you, man. But I was back to Mike Posner. I totally forgot where we started. Right. <laughs> he would not be on the list. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. You That's did it, but it. we wouldn't do it with you. Sorry. Even if like, oh, you want to go with somebody experienced? Yeah, who is it? Mike Posner. Ugh. Uh, eh. You still got Tebow's number? That's yeah, is there a, <laughs> is there a backup? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Oh. That was really good. I'm glad we established that. Yes. All very important things <laughs> and brought light to it. I hope everybody is now. They now need to know. Well, I don't, know how, know. I don't know how we transition any of these other topics, like, logically, but. Right. <laughs> you want to talk college football playoff? Let's do it. Let's go there next. So um, this is, uh, I think I brought this up at some point on the podcast about like wanting more than a 14 playoff. Um, and now we have it. Uh, well, we think we have it. We have an we idea of what we're going to get like in a few years, but like there's, so there's the college football playoff committee. And then there's a subcommittee of that committee. And the subcommittee said, we're proposing a 12 team college football playoff. And generally how that balances out is that of the 12 teams, six of them are going to automatically get in. And those six are the highest ranked conference champions. And then there's going to be six other teams that get selected at larges. So the, the committee would actually select these other six teams. Um, which is a huge difference than what it is right now, which is four teams. And it tends to be the exact same four teams every year, which is like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, and Oklahoma. So Dan, what are your initial thoughts on this thing that might happen in like two or three years? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was initially against expanding the playoff. And I mean, when it first, when we first got it right, when it was first four teams, 
And I was like, this is perfect. We don't need to blow up the bowl system. I know how valuable the bowl system is. We don't need to blow it up. This is better than what we had. I will take it. I'm sure we'll expand one day. I will take it. But it has been complete trash. <laughs> the The playoff really has been complete trash with blowouts and seedings being all jacked up and it being, like you said, most importantly, the same four teams basically in it every year. Yeah. Um, I read a quote from somebody. I wish I could give them credit from what the article was, but <laughs> it was talking about the playoff as it currently stands. And it said, the, the, the writer said, college football's two-round championship is technically a tournament, sure, in the way that Vatican City is technically a country. So <laughs> beautifully said, beautifully said. So I am very, very excited for this. I'm a little surprised that they focused on 12 yeah. Being the number that they jumped so high to 12 that we didn't start with eight, but with 12, what the top four conference champs would get top four ranked conference champs would get buys. Right. And then the other teams would play first round games, which would actually be home games mm-hmm. on site home games. So not bowl games. So they're trying to keep the integrity of the bowls, right? Uh, home games. And then they are seated from there. And also, as you mentioned, the six uh, automatic bids, one of them is coming from a non-Power 5 school. Right. Because the simple math says six is a larger number than five. <laughs> so that leaves one that can't come from there. So that's good. I really like that idea. Um, and then you have the non-automatic six after that. I think this is going to make a fascinating playoff environment we're going to get shakeups and i i don't think you're going to eliminate the blowouts unfortunately um it's been surprising how many we've had but i'm hoping that it makes for much more entertaining football once you get to that final four yeah once you get to that championship game so i'm super super excited i think they're doing this the right way again when i first read 12 i thought "Mm -mm, too many but reading into how they're going to get there I think I think this is the sweet spot right here. I'm very excited once we get through the TV deals all worked out and figure this thing out. Yeah, I am too. Like the the and I'm with you. I thought the 14 playoff was perfect and it was going to solve a lot of problems, but like I saw some stat where where they said um in the 7 years I think it's been that they've had the playoff, uh there have been 11 different schools that have been in it. In that's 7 ridiculous. years. And so if you, that's 28, that's 28 spots over the course of those seven years to 11 teams. But uh, they, you know, somebody looked at that same time span and said, okay, if you expanded it to what this 12 team playoff would, if, that, if it would have been 12 teams based on this setup, uh, you would have had like 43 different schools. And so it's just like more interesting. You know, I don't think it's going to prevent the final four from having Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state in it. Like, I still think those teams are probably going to be there most of the time, but it's more interesting for everybody to know that like, if you lose two games, that doesn't mean your season is trash. It's kind of, and we both root for a team that is not by no means part of this discussion, but like, so it sucks when you're a fan of a team that's not named Alabama. And like, once you lose your third game of 12, once you lose three games, your season is considered by everybody to be a failure because you're 
effectively eliminated from being part of the college football playoff. Oftentimes that comes with two losses. Uh, you're eliminated. So it's just, I think a lot more, it's going to be a lot more fun because like you're not going to have this ridiculous view of what is good and what is bad. And so many more fan bases are going to be engaged in the season till the end. Cause you could get into this thing at like nine and three and nine and three is a really good record. And it doesn't mean your season is a failure if you don't make the playoff. And now you could potentially make it. So I think it's good. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think like, Occasionally, you will have a UCF or a Boise State come in there and upset. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, it's pointless because you're still going to end up with the same teams. And I think, like I said, a lot of time it's going to happen. But I do think like one every four or five years, you're going to have a UCF come in and beat a team like Alabama or Clemson and totally throw the whole thing for a loop. And I think when that happens, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is because that's what we get in basketball every year, right? Yeah. And no yeah. one complains about that. It's like, hey, you had your chance, you lost. That's it. Team that could have won the national championship. It happens all the time. Then think about how the basketball we weren't, you know, young enough or even around when how the NCAA basketball tournament has expanded. How how small it used to be, and now how it's up to sixty eight or whatever. It didn't used to be that big. So I'm sure people at that time had similar discussions about, is this fair to those better teams that they can get upset that they have to win more games? And it is because yeah, shaking things up will be a good thing. And if you lose a game, you're not supposed to lose that's on you. And good. We see some new teams and some new faces. Uh, I think it was Lane Kiffin said something along the effect of imagine the college basketball tournament, but it was just, all number one seeds, the top number, all, all four number one seeds. And that was the tournament. Yeah. He says, think about the history of the NCAA basketball tournament and how many non number one seeds have won that thing. And you're for your, all those teams aren't even in consideration. I know we're consider we're comparing basketball and football and it's different, but still just the ideal of that is going to make this much more fascinating. It's going to make the regular season more important. I hope. Cause that was the one thing I think a lot of people feared is the regular season is going to become useless. Well, now like you mentioned, you have three losses. You're still in this thing. So your regular season is is that much more important. And it's going to give those teams that have difficult schedules a, more of a chance because their resume is going to be impressive. And having three losses isn't going to take you out of consideration. Right. Right. That used to be the thing before is forget it. If you had three, forget it. I don't care who you beat. Now... That's going to change your seating where you land. Do you have a home game to begin with? Do you get one of those buys? Um, but it rewards conference champions too, which I think is great as they should do because those games are still important. I think they have to figure out, and I don't know if you've heard anything from this aspect of it, Chris, this is just making the season really long yeah. and they're adding games without taking any away. So this is becoming like NFL-like schedule for these college kids. Right. <laughs> they now have to play two or three more games than they would have in be up to 17 games. It's crazy. Like for college, that's, that's, it is, it's crazy. So that's my only fear. I don't think you can shorten the regular season. There's no preseason to eliminate like they're doing in the NFL. The conference championships are still very important and they're obviously going to be utilized here. So it's more money for everybody. So that's probably just gonna make everybody shut up and they're going to do it. And the kids are going to have to, you know, unfortunately pain, their way through it, but 
that's probably what we're getting in a couple of years. I've heard some coaches say like, okay, well then if your team makes a playoff, the kids should get paid for making the playoff. And I don't think that's a, t- you know, like I know it's an amateur sport and all that type of stuff, but we're going to start letting players profit off their name and likeness, which I think they should be able to. Like if you're the starting quarterback of a team and a car dealership wants to pay you to be on a commercial, I, you should be able to do that. Um, but like, <laughs> You know, if you make the playoff uh, and you're going to make the school $50 million, well, this the players should be paid some of that because it could be their 16th or 17th game of the season and they're playing hurt and all this stuff. I, I get that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do there because that seems like way too many games. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that <laughs> – Uh, part of the reason we're expanding is because like, there's so much debate between like the fourth and fifth team every year. And we leave somebody out. I highly doubt there's going to be like vehement debate about 12 and 13. Like if you are 13 and you get left out, you were never going to have a chance. It should not go, but, but, uh, and I think I said this back when it was four, but like if it's 12, it should not get expanded past that. Like if you are not in the top 12, you never had a chance anyway. Right. 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 That's, that's a reasonable line. Cause you're right. 13 through 16. That's probably, that would be the next biggest step they could take. You eliminate the buys, but those teams, that's just too far down. Right. The rank. Could they like, win a game? Sure. Yeah. Do, could they win three? No. Like, Not sorry, against- Northwestern, you didn't make it. Uh, right. You know, right. like, these Not- are the types of teams we're talking about. Yeah, you have to beat two to three, whatever the math works out to, top 12 teams in a few weeks. Yeah, week after week after week. It's not going to happen. It's, it's just not. It, 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 just, it just won't happen. I hope you're right. I really do. I hope you're right. I hope there's no, oh, who's, who's 13? Who got left out? No. <laughs> no. You lost four games, okay? You don't deserve to be in the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hope that's not the case, and we don't. This thing just can't keep inflating. Maybe that's why they went to twelve because they thought eight was just a middle step, and we knew we were going to get people were going to still be clamoring for more than was eight and nine. Who got left out? They're just like, screw it. We're giving you twelve. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Stop complaining. We're done. Well, I'm excited for it. It seems like it's going to be at least two years, if not longer, until it gets uh, implemented. Uh, I wish it was this year, um, but that's going to be a lot of fun when it happens. And oh, the amount of betting money that's going to go into that thing. Oh, oh boy. boy. It's going to be glorious. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, all right. Why don't we roll into this fast food pick two, Dan? Let's do this. Yeah. All right. This is, we love ourselves a good pick two here on the brunch breakdown oh of and, course and this is a this is a, a subject we cover often sometimes in brunch court but we've never done a pick two quite like this that comes to fast food fast casual some of the top chains in the country so here we are let's run it down for for the people chris we've got nine selections up on the big board starting with chipotle followed by McDonald's, then Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, right in the middle spot on your bingo board, (laughs) Subway, Starbucks, KFC, 
and the one pizza selection, Domino's Pizza. So again, some fast food, fast casual kind of Sir Mix-a-Lot going up in here. We're using this as a pick two. Chris, your initial thoughts and your selections. Yeah, a couple initial thoughts. One, um, you know, it's really unfortunate for Chick-fil-A that somebody found the worst looking picture of a chicken sandwich. (laughs) If you're you're not watching, uh, pull this up on YouTube or Facebook. It looks terrible. It looks like the worst chicken sandwich you've ever seen. But I think we all need to understand that we're not going on the pictures right here. We're going on what we have tasted there. Uh, surprising to see Starbucks here, I thought. I I thought I was very surprised by that too because a number of other chains were left out. But you can't argue with the power of Starbucks. And yeah, this is it's obviously doesn't necessarily fit with some of these other ones, but. It's a strong thing. If you're going to pick two or eliminate one, mm-hmm. you can't not consider Starbucks as a top contender here. Yeah, fun fact. Actually, uh, for the first time in my life, I saw a Starbucks closing. Whoa, did you really? Yeah, the one down in Bridgeville over there. Here, uh, the one down by the oldies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Shut down. I, I tell me, it. if you're I a listener that, and you've seen a Starbucks get closed. I would love to hear from you because that's the first time I've ever seen that happen. Um, wow. Okay. So we're going to do pick two here. I am, <laughs> this is going to be so for anybody that knows me, this is going to be so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I need to, I swear I was going to do this. I was going to bring a whiteboard. I have it downstairs and I was going to write what I thought you were going to pick and then hold it and wait till you say it. Dude, that's a great around. idea. We should start doing that. That's a great idea for a segment. Hell yeah. I have a whiteboard too. We got to get Didi to get a whiteboard. We, okay. we should do that. That's oh awesome. God, that's such a, because then they used to do that on like those like uh, dating game shows. Those dating shows. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I love, love that idea. It's happening. Hell yeah, we have to do that. Um, but yeah, so you probably know. I uh, <laughs> Chipotle is my number one, without a doubt. As Dan has said many times on this uh, podcast, Chris Gates, he's a burrito guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number one. Uh, I hold it near and dear to my heart. And I think, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm, hmm. I'm torn on the number two. Cause like, I want to go Taco Bell because it's Mexican food and I love Mexican food, but it's not really Mexican food. It's like, uh, I don't even know if it's food, but it's good. Um, Hmm. Yeah. You know, I thought I, I thought I had my picks, but now as I'm looking at it, I love Chick-fil-A. I really do. Mm -hmm. I love like, and from a health and fitness perspective, like if you're going to get a macro-friendly, calorie-friendly fast food order, Chick-fil-A is the spot. So since I got a little Mexican already taken care of, I think I'm going to go Chick-fil-A. I think it's going to be my number two. Okay. Yeah, interesting that you were considering, yeah, two type of Mexican places yeah, there. So I think That just you- seems like the wrong approach, you know? Right. Right. I think you made a wise decision there. Yeah, this is tough because now as you were going through that, I was struggling with my second pick. Um, my first one is going to be Taco Bell. There you go. There you go. Truly because, and I can't put it in the same, like it is Mexican along with Chipotle. 
I can't put those two in the same category. <laughs> it's just not fair to either of them, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's just no other great, and I emphasize the word great, and I also want to emphasize the, the next word, nationwide. Mm. There's no other great nationwide taco place, fast food taco place. That's true. There's a lot of really big regional ones. Regional big, yeah. And yeah. we are not in one of those regions. <laughs> so <laughs> that is that is a reason Taco Bell came first to me because, yeah, I can go to another place to get tacos. I mean, Chipotle, that's certainly not their specialty. Taco Bell, boy, oh boy, you need it quick, you need it late, you need it in a hurry. You need it, you know, you need a reason to get on the toilet the next day. Taco Bell, call them up. Call them up. You only, get, got, get 10 bucks, you, you only got 10 bucks. You want to have 27 tacos? Taco Bell's got Taco you. Bell. Got to get a family reunion? Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> so that's one for me. I consider Chipotle as well. Okay. Your reasoning, talking that through, it makes, it can't do too Mexican. Plus, if I can only have, you know, if we were had to eliminate one, like if it was eliminating Chipotle, I hope that Moe's is still a good two t- second tier mm-hmm. to Chipotle. You have that. McDonald's and Burger King are the same thing. Subway, you've got Jimmy John's, Jersey Mike's. Is Quiznos even still around? Yeah, good question. You don't see those many places. You don't anymore. see those many at much anymore. Um boy, if I have access to Starbucks K Cups, I don't need to pick it. <laughs> You, the level of depth you're, you've yeah. taken is impressive. It's my favorite coffee on the planet, Pike Place. So Hell if yeah. I can have it at home, I don't need to go there. No, and I think this is about like going to the place, yeah. Yeah, I don't need that frothy frappuccino thingy that's on the photo here. I don't <laughs> need it. Although the strawberry, um, what is it? Funnel cake one looks phenomenal. I'm sure it's horrible for you, but- Looks phenomenal. Um, long-winded answer. Uh, I'm going with with where you went there too. I'm going Chick Fil A. <laughs> you can't beat the chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A. Yeah, I hate good. the line. I hate the oh line. Oh my god, it's <laughs> unbelievable! It Any two lines wrapped day. around the building every hour of every day, except and, for Sunday, naturally. And they but, have like yeah, they have like 17 kids out there taking orders, and it still takes a half hour. There's got to be a quicker way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's rough, but it's often worth the wait. So yeah, I'm gonna go Taco Bell, and I'm gonna go Chick Fil A. They're both just home run hitters every time. I like it. Yeah, I mean, our minds are pretty much in the same in the same place, and it makes sense the way you justified it. Like you know, in terms of burgers, at the top McDonald's, Burger King, you can get a lot of burgers in a lot of different places, and like a, a lot of them are gonna taste pretty similar to what you could get. At any of those. And I know McDonald's and Burger King, the burgers taste different from each other, but you know what I'm saying? You can get burgers right. a lot of different places. Right. You can't quite capture the magic of Taco Bell just anywhere. Spot on. Exactly. Yeah. Who's the, out of this here, who who doesn't belong? Chris, I, who, who does not belong on this, this list of nine? <laughs> get the, the KFC thing. bucket off of this picture. <laughs> who, who... <laughs> Who who eats at KFC? I want a bucket of chicken. I'll tell you who eats at KFC. Uh, good friend, good podcast friend. Uh, in fact, you need to speak to him about this on a more client basis. But friend <laughs> of the program, 
uh, Brendan over at the Legend Status Podcast. Check out his episodes. He's fi- he's back. He just had a new episode come out this week. Check him out everywhere you find us at Legend Status Pod on social media. But he loves himself some KFC, and I don't know why because he loves to have put him body into sodium shock and then have to drink three gallons of water just to balance it out from all of that. I, it doesn't belong in this list. Listen, there's nothing wrong with a bucket of chicken, but like that's not the best bucket of chicken. <laughs> like, go to go 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 to any Bojangles, and I know they're not everywhere, and you will never be able to eat KFC again. Thank you. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. I feel like you've probably said those exact words to him. That's oh, no doubt about it. No, but <laughs> he's listening to this right now, shaking his head. Like, yeah, Dan's told me that. I know I got to get there. It'll change your life. It will. It'll change your life. Yeah. I don't think KFC. I don't think KFC belongs. I, I was surprised to see Domino's too. If we're picking any of the, the big boy pizza chains, if we're going to pick a pizza one, I'm not sure why Domino's was the selection. It didn't make it any more intriguing. That's for sure. No. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, uh, my wife just texted me that, uh, my father-in-law loves KFC. So Uh-oh. hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode. Um, well, thank goodness you just came back from that trip, right? You did not go. <laughs> they will be, they will be here in three short weeks, Dan. So, well, you better give that bucket of chicken ready. <laughs> can we, can we hold this episode for three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Might have to just for your sanity. <laughs> That was a good one. I like that one a lot. Um, And we're going to have to put that out there on social media, get people's, get people's thoughts. We, the one thing we do know from, from Didi, obviously not with us again today, he feels the same way about KFC. He doesn't think it belongs on that graphic and shouldn't be on there. So that we can share. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. He was, uh, he was not happy to see that on there. No. Um, well, what do we do? Do we want to go into music, I guess? Yeah, let's throw it into brunch court will always be there for us. Let's let's Yeah, let's we get have to... some brunch court stuff, but I I I I'm actually very <laughs> specifically one of them I'm really interested to get DD's thoughts on. So <laughs> I know which one it is. <laughs> let's uh let's hold it for, for next week and we can dive into music. What are you listening to? Well, this week, I mean, music, what a beautiful time for music, music, <laughs> music. No wonder Mike Posner's climbing Everest. He can't compete with these sound bitches anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm starting off with churches of cause, cause why not? Cause, we, cause I ran out of 21 pilot songs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what are the other? <laughs> right. So they released their second single off their newly announced album coming out August 27th. Uh, this one is called How Not to Drown. It features Robert Smith of The Cure. Very big legend for them in their eyes growing up on the other side of the pond. So pretty cool to see him featured on that. Uh, this song, keeping that in mind for them, not as much pop or not as much like synth-driven as their first single or some of the, even their latest work, but it's still fantastic. Really good song. Fans of... OG church's music, uh, the mother we share that type of stuff in that era should like this song, uh, a lot. So it's a, it's a little different, but a really cool feature for them. Um, and really excited for now. Here's the thing. We've said this before. This is song two. The album has 10 songs on it. We're done. We don't need any more. I don't need yeah. 30% of the album before August 27th. Thank I'm you. fearful that we're only in June and we're probably getting one more, but I hope not. 
I'd rather wait and then get to see them live here in Pittsburgh in November. But anyways, churches, Robert Smith, how not to drown to get started. I like that. Um, okay. I am going to go on a little run here over the next few weeks of bands that are either named after or sing songs named after uh, movies. Okay. Ooh. Okay. And I guess not not to be specifically named after the movie, but like their name or the song name originates from something in a movie. Okay. And the band I'm going to start with is called Rufio. I love it. Uh, I don't know how I got to listening to them the other day. Rufio is just a tremendous pop punk band from back in the day, early 2000s. Again, I, I don't know what compelled me to go look them up, but um, Rufio, the song above me is just unbelievably good. It's the song that made me fall in love with them. I remember the first time I heard above me was on a warp tour compilation DVD. Okay. And to watch them play it on that DVD, see the live performance at the warp tour, see the kids going crazy, see the energy on the stage and the energy from the song was unbelievable. Um, then you dive into the album, the album's tremendous. So Rufio above me will be the first of, I think at least like four weeks here. I've got some of these mapped out bands with names inspired by movies. That's the first one. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, man. I haven't heard Rufio in a long time. I love that. Blast from Great the callback from you. Um, next one up for me is uh, a young lady that I featured late last year on the playlist in her song. Woo. And Monte Carlo were both on the playlist at some point. Remy Wolf is who mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Chris, wife Katie there, big fan of the song Woo, mm-hmm. from what I recall. She was a big fan of that being on the playlist. So this one is called Liz, L-I-Z. Um, it's ha- this one has a an interesting, soulful indie pop feel, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but putting it in a sentence, but honestly it is, it's a little bit of soulfulness from the, the vocals and the indie pop from the, the, the track behind it. There's some raw vulnerable lyrics, uh, from Remy and just a really, really great song. She doesn't have a lot of music out there yet still early in her career, but she's on a roll. Remy Wolf, big time excited for this one. Nice. We'll have to get uh, wife Katie's thoughts again, please. Um, second on my list, I'm really hopeful. I know like we missed a week and I missed a week before that. I'm hopeful this wasn't on the playlist. It hasn't been. And I just totally missed it. Weezer has a new song out. Yeah. All my favorite songs with AJR. Yes. And it is tremendous. It's kind of like that Beverly Hills vibe type of deal from Weezer. And it, it like listening to the song made me think about how Weezer has gone has just like oddly transformed over the years. Like they started off kind of like nerdy, grungy rock. Then they went into the hash pipe, like pop punky type of deal. And then Beverly Hills came out and now this song with AJR. And it's like a very radio friendly hit. I like Weezer. I I really like Weezer a lot. Kind of for that reason is because no matter what their sound has been, they've made songs that everybody has loved. Um, but this just popped on my radar and I, I love this song. So people need to listen to it if they haven't already. And please tell me it hasn't been on the playlist. 
It has not been on the playlist. So well done. And the AJR version is the song to put on the playlist. So even better. Yeah. Really like that. Great job. Um, I'm going to borrow an artist from you that you put on a few months ago. You didn't even ask my permission. I didn't even ask your permission. Uh, Bulo. Mm. Yes. Uh, I'd say straight out of Germany, but I think the name is German. (laughs) She's not from She's from like 12 places. Yeah. She's, yeah. Lived in Germany. Um, but I, yeah, she's been from all over the place. Like Denmark and Canada and like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. She's, you know, mostly Canadian, I suppose, is what she's (laughs) mostly referred to as mostly Canadian. Um, That should be a band name or an album name. Mostly Canadian. Oh, that's great. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, you featured her a couple months ago, uprising, uh, singer songwriter had a new, had a new track come out, uh, about a week or two ago called revolver and oh boy, th- this one's fantastic. I-, I liked the songs that she'd put on and some other ones that I had heard. It's super catchy pop song. Uh, she, she said she wants people to feel empowered when listening to the song. And I think this one's going to, going to do the trick. So revolver from Bulo. Uh, love it. Love nice. this song. Love her work. I'm excited for more. So nice. Yeah. I like it. I'm excited to listen. Um, the last one I have is just a song that makes me feel about summer. It's not new. It's going to be the retro replacement this week. Mac Miller, Frick Park Market. It just Ooh. makes me feel. And like, we're getting out in Pittsburgh again. We can go places. It just makes me feel like I'm, I'm walking around in shorts and a t-shirt and shady side in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like it makes, yeah. it just feels good. It's a summer jam from blue slide park. We're putting it on the playlist this week. That's fantastic. Fantastic pick by you. Um, I got a bonus pick in case we don't, we're going to try to get some songs from, from Daniel Dudley on the playlist as well. But in the event that we don't we'll make sure we round it out a little, with an extra one for you, Joan, don't say you love me. Uh, these two dudes keep growing on me. Yes, they go by the name of Joan. Uh, saw them play live two years ago. Have been more and more impressed ever since. It's kind of a simple indie pop beat, um, but it's really great. Two dudes out of Arkansas. Um, Love Somebody Like You was another single of theirs uh, that I think everybody could should check out if you, if you like the sound. That's the one that kind of blew up for them. But uh, Don't Say You Love Me by Joan. And that'll round out the playlist this week. Nice. Nice work, Dan. This was fun. My yeah, friend's nice. Yeah. Took a week off, you know, stretch it out a little bit and back at the table, hungry. Yeah. A lot of good stuff here today. Uh, by the way, I'm the reason, uh, inevitably, I was the reason we didn't record last week. And I toyed around with making it the, by get it off your chest, but daycare uh, sucks. Daycare sucks. We're in, that's just so everybody's aware. Daycare sucks. Day, uh, last week, there was no brunch breakdown because of these things. Daycare, Huffy, and the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> and we leave it at that. And that's why we're back here this week. 100%. 100%. Yeah. God. Well, I guess until next time, Dan already told you where you can find us. So we'll talk to you guys next we'll hopefully week. Hopefully have, yeah. have the tripod back. Hopefully had the tripod back together. We think we've got a special episode coming up next week. Some summary topics that I think some people can dive into. So looking forward to that, getting everybody, getting the band back together and and having some fun again. I like it. We'll talk to you then. Bye.